Well, good morning. Um, what a privilege it is for me to be here this morning, uh, to be able to listen to uh, Daniel and Shirley's stories. Um, that is so encouraging. Um, just want to bring love and greetings from Eastside Community Church. And uh, personally for me, love coming. Um, it's, an honor, it's a real honour to be here with you. Um, as we look at um, this last section of the book of Malachi. How about we just pray and ask the Lord to help us this morning. Lord, as we open your word, we acknowledge that this is not a dry and a dusty book that has sat on the shelves for many years. This is the living breath of the living God who is speaking words of life into our souls. And so this morning we pray that we would listen carefully, that your spirit would help us to think, to reflect, to understand what you're saying, but also to understand who we are. And we pray that by your spirit you would give us courage to put these words into practice. We commit ourselves to you this morning. We believe that you are here with us. And so help us to respond with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I wonder if you've ever spoken hard words against God. Maybe you've screamed them out. Or maybe you've muttered some hard words under your breath, or maybe you've said them to God in your heart. Maybe you've thought something like this. You've said, I'm not sure whether it's worth serving the Lord. God doesn't seem to care about me. He doesn't see what I'm going through. I've tried so hard to please God, but things are not working out the way I expected. I read my Bible, I go to church, and I serve in ministry, but other people who don't do those things seem to be kicking goals in all areas of their lives, but I'm not. Maybe you've said, I try to be honest and a good hard worker, but my career isn't going anywhere. In fact, it seems that the ones who cheat, who bend the rules, who cut corners are the ones who seem to be getting ahead in life. Maybe you've said to God, I've pursued sexual purity, but here I am and I'm still single. And you're beginning to wonder whether it's really worth serving the Lord. Well, what I want you to notice in the passage that we have read this morning, in verse 14, there is a group of people, chapter 3, verse 14, there is a group of people who are now saying it is pointless to serve the Lord. And this is the topic of Malachi's last sermon to God's people. Well, serving the Lord is difficult, isn't it? Do you agree? 
It's hard sometimes to serve the Lord. It's hard sometimes to understand what he's doing. I grew up in South America. My parents were missionaries, and so I grew up in the country of Colombia, the top north, northwest part of South America. Very good friend of mine had a good job. He was the chief financial officer of a company, a reasonably sized company, and he was doing well for himself. Um, he was getting ahead in life. He had uh, bought um, a car for himself. He was paying off a house, and he had a little family, and things were going well. One day, uh, his manager called him in, the CEO of the company called him in and said, I want you, I want you to play around with the accounts. And I want you to report some things uh, and to remove some other things. And my good friend, who was a very godly Christian, said to his manager, to his boss, he said, I, I can't do that. For two reasons. One, I'm a Christian, and to fiddle with the books means that I will be going against God, I will be dishonoring God. But secondly, to do so will be very bad for the company because eventually it's going to be discovered, it's going to be found out, and there's going to be huge penalties and implications. Manager of the company said, if you don't want to do it, you're out. And so at that moment, my friend, who wanted to serve the Lord, to faithfully serve the Lord, said, I can't do this. He made his decision. At that moment, he lost his job. But he also lost his house because the mortgage was through the company. He lost his car. He lost everything. And for the next three to five years, he and his family went through all kinds of struggles. And there were moments when he did ask the question, is, is, is it really worth serving the Lord? Now, many years later, I can tell you, yes, it is, because he, can, he has continued to be a faithful godly leader in the church in Colombia, and the Lord has blessed him so much. But in those dark moments of those three to five years afterwards, he did ask that question. Is, it really, is, is this really worth, is it really worth serving the Lord? Well, friends, that is the question that Malachi wants to address. And if we're all honest here this morning, there would be moments when we have questioned whether it is all, whether all of this is worth it. We wouldn't say that out loud because we're, we're too clever to say things like that. But if we're honest with ourselves, we would have to acknowledge that there are moments when we just, our, in, in our hearts or in our minds, we just ask the question, is this worth it? And so what I want to do this morning with you is walk through this, this passage that we've read 
And, and look at the way in which Malachi answers this question. He addresses this question. So what we're going to do, first of all, is we're going to have a look at what the people are saying, and then we're going to look at what God says in response. So what are the people saying? Well, the first thing I want you to notice in these verses is that there are two groups of people, or we might say there are two ways to live. I want you to notice in verse 13 that the, that the first group of people are the ones that are addressed with the word you. Verse 13, you have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord, yet you ask, what have we said? Verse 14, you have said. So that is group one, the first group of people. But I want you to notice that there is a second group of people here in these verses, in verse 16. And they are, they are described with the word those. Verse 16, then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. So it's really important as we <clears throat> go through this passage that we understand that there are two groups of people. And each group, <coughs> excuse me, each group is thinking very differently, is living very differently to the other group. So let's have a look at group one. What, what are they saying in these initial verses. Verse 13, you have spoken arrogantly, you have spoken hard words, harsh words against me, says the Lord. And the people respond and they say, well, what have we said against you? And this is what God says. He says, you have said, it is futile, it is pointless, it is worthless serving the Lord. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? I want you to notice what they're saying. They are saying it is not worth serving the Lord because we have not got the things that we want. I want you to hear that again. They are saying, it is not worth serving the Lord because we have not got the things that we want. How many of you here this morning are parents? Just raise your hand. Okay, so you'll understand what I'm about to say. My boys, I've got four boys, um, my boys have asked us, they've asked us on many occasions for many things which we have said to them, no, you can't have it. We haven't said no to them because we don't love them. In fact, it's the very opposite. We have said to them, no, you can't have that because it would be bad for you. No, you can't go to that place, you can't go to that party because 
we don't think it's going to be good for you. You see, as parents, our duty is to love our children, and that means that sometimes we may not give to them everything that they, that they ask for. I remember when I was growing up, I used to pray uh, that God would make me a very good soccer player and that he would give me a very lovely sports car. Well, many years later, um, I still play soccer, but I'm not, not a very good player. And secondly, I drive a Tarago around um, out of all the cars, a van. I drive a van, a minivan. God never answered my prayers, but I can say truthfully, as I look back, I can say this morning, thank goodness he didn't. Because I don't think I would be here with you this morning if God had given me those things. But here is a group of people who are looking at their lives and they're saying, because God has not given us what we want, what's the point? What's the point in serving God anymore? They ask the question, why do we go about mourning and why do we go about trying to obey God's commandments? What's the point of keeping God's commandments if we're not getting what we want? And then notice what they say in verse 15. They say, but now, from now on, we are going to call the arrogant blessed. We're going to call the wicked blessed. Because, and this is their reasoning, certainly we're looking around and we're seeing that the evildoers are prospering and even when they put God to the test, they just seem to be getting away with it. See what they're saying? God hasn't given us what we want. So we've, we've obeyed God, we've, we've tried to go to the temple, bring the sacrifices, but our bank accounts aren't getting bigger. Those relationships that we want, they're not there. That health issue that we've been asking for healing, God hasn't, God hasn't responded yet. Because we're not getting the things that we want, we're going to stop serving God and we're just going to embark on the lifestyle of the wicked. Why? Because they seem to be doing pretty well for themselves. And even when they do stuff, even when they do things that God has told them not to do, they seem to be getting away with it. Well, you know that feeling, don't you, when you look around and here you are trying to serve the Lord, you're trying to do the right thing, like my friend was trying to do back in Colombia, only to see that everyone around you is way better off. Well, this is what group one is saying. This is how they're speaking. I, I do wonder, as I read through these verses, I, I do wonder whether they're maybe not saying these things out loud, but they're certainly saying these things in their hearts, in their minds. Now, the second group is found in verse 16 than those who feared the Lord. And two times 
In, these, in this verse, in verse 16, they are described as the people who fear the Lord. They are also described as those who honour the name of the Lord. And this second group, I want you to notice that they also are talking with each other. So, so group one are saying these hard words against God. What's the point of serving God? But I want you to notice in verse 16 that the second group are speaking as well. They're, they're speaking to one another. And we're not told exactly what they are saying to each other, but I want you to notice that it's actually deliberate. They are deliberately speaking to one another, and as you read through verse 16, you begin to see that this second group, they are speaking words of encouragement into one another's lives. Come on. Get up. Let's not do what the others are doing. Let's remember that serving God does pay off and they are speaking words of truth and encouragement into one another's lives. Now, I just want to stop for a moment and I want to ask you the question, where do you go to hear people speaking truth into your life? Where do you go? Where do you go? Do you find it in your workplace? Probably not. Do you find it in the media? The newspapers, the magazines of the world? No, you don't. Where do you come to hear God's people speak into your life? You come to church, don't you? And as the family of God, you come and you have brothers and sisters uh, singing God's word, praying God's word. You hear the public reading of God's word. You hear the preaching of God's word. After the service, you, you, you talk with one another and you hear your brothers and sisters encouraging you to follow the Lord Jesus. This is the place where we get encouragement. We don't get it outside in the world. So, so here is this group of of followers of God, they fear the Lord and they are deliberately speaking words of encouragement into one another's lives. So here we've got the two groups, verses 13 and 14, group 1, verse 16, group 2, two very, very different groups of people. They are living very, very different lives. Okay, so what is the encouragement that Malachi gives to these people to follow the Lord? The first encouragement I want to draw your attention to is that God remembers. Notice what verse 16 says. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and notice the next words, and the Lord listened and heard. Isn't that beautiful? That even this morning, as we have been singing, praying, reading God's word and explaining it, that God has been listening. God's been listening to all that's been going on. 
that whenever you deliberately make a decision to honor the Lord, whenever you encourage someone else to do so, that the Lord is listening to everything that you've said? In fact, God is listening to both groups. So I want you to notice that God actually repeats all the words that group one have said, muttered under their breath. So, so all those words that they thought no one was listening to, God has actually surprised them and said, hey, I can hear the hard words that you're saying. But the encouragement for us this morning as those who belong to group two is that the Lord listens and hears every single word that we say. And then I want you to notice what happens next. It says, Malachi says, a scroll of remembrance was written in God's presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. Well, what's this scroll of remembrance? Well, in the ancient days, the kings, the great emperors, the great kings would record the chronicles of the significant events and the significant people in the kingdom, those who made significant decisions. So let me just briefly read this. In Esther chapter 6, it says that the king could not sleep. So when you haven't got Netflix or um, the internet, what did you used to do in the ancient times? Well, you'd get someone to come and to read a scroll to you. I think that would put anyone to sleep, personally. So that night, the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the chronicles or the records, the records of his reign to be brought in and to be read to him. And it was found, recorded there, that Mordecai had exposed two enemies of the king, the two officers, king's officers who, who guarded the, the, the doorway and who had conspired to assassinate the king. So the king then asked, well, what honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? And the answer was, nothing has been done for him, was the answer. Now, so here is, here is the great king of Persia, and there is a chronicle that is being recorded of all the significant events and of all the significant people who have made important decisions for the good of the kingdom. And this scroll is now brought out before the king and it's read. And here is the details of a man, Mordecai, didn't fight any battles, didn't go out to war and do great things, just alerted the king that there was a plot going on to assassinate him. And now the king says, what, is, what has been done to honour Mordecai's decision? Friends, what I want to encourage you with this morning is that that is exactly what the Lord Jesus does for us. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know this morning that all of our sins... All of our rebellion, because of the Lord Jesus and because of his finished work on the cross, he will never remember those things anymore. Amen? 
But on the same token, isn't it a wonderful thing to know that even though he forgets our sins because he's dealt with them through Jesus on the cross, that Jesus will not forget one thing that we do. He won't, he won't forget one significant decision we make in the honor of his name. And he will never forget one tear that we shed because we've suffered. This is the promise that Malachi makes to God's people. He says it is worth serving the Lord. It may not look worthwhile right now, but I want you to remember that the Lord is listening. The Lord remembers everything that is going on, every decision that is being made. The second, the second encouragement that Malachi gives to God's people is, he says, not only does the Lord remember, but he says, one day the Lord will reward. Verse 17. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they, that's group two, those who are struggling, they're hanging on by their fingernails. They're in all kinds of difficulty and struggles and distress, and yet they are speaking to one another words of life and encouragement. Well, God says on that day when I act, they, group two, they will be my treasured possession. You because of Jesus, you are God's treasured possession. You may feel that, that you've been abandoned or that, that, that God is not interested in you, but the, the Word of God would say to all of us this morning, you are God, we are God's treasured possession. He sees us as, as His most valuable possession. In fact, we are so valuable in the eyes of God through His grace and mercy that He sent His one and only Son, the Lord Jesus, to die on our behalf. Yeah, we might not be very rich and famous and noble, but we belong to God because He's bought us at a great price. And then it goes on to say that I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. We belong to God's family. This is what God's saying. We are his treasured possession and we are his children. That's who we are. And no one can take that from us. It was bought with the blood of Jesus at the cross. And what God says in verse 18 is, he says, you will again see the distinction. Just go back to verse, 14, to verse 15 for a moment. What are the people saying? There's no difference. From now on, we're going to call the arrogant blessed 
the evil evildoers, they prosper and the wicked get away with things. We're going to do what they're doing. There's no difference. God answers in response and he says, I will reward those who seek to serve me faithfully. You will see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Well, chapter 4 goes on to say, Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and the evil and every evildoer will be stubble. And on that day, sorry, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a branch, not a root will be left to them. What God is saying to us is that one day, one day he's going to, he's going to wrap everything up and he's going to judge everything that is out of order. His world, his beautiful world that he created in the beginning has been marred and destroyed by sin and one day God is going to say enough is enough. And he's going to judge the world. And every evildoer and every person who is arrogant is going to be burnt like stubble. And <clears throat> if you are not a Christian this morning, then Jesus would be lovingly saying to you, flee from the wrath to come. And he would say that to you this morning because on the cross, he actually paid the price so that we could be set free. But then notice what uh, verse 2 says, but for you, those group two, you who revere my name, for you who honor my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. Many years ago, um, uh, well, Every year, actually, we, um, my family, we go down to Stanthorpe. It's probably one of the coldest places in Queensland in winter. And uh, we, we have, um, my sister has a farm down there, a small farm. We go down there for a week. Many years ago, we went into Girawin uh, National Park, took a couple of my boys, two oldest boys, and we went camping in the middle of winter. And... I kid you not, I think it was about minus 10. It felt, at least it felt like that. Um, got into our sleeping bags. Um, I put every item of clothing on, even my shoes I kept on, and I just was so cold the whole night. Around about 5.30, 6 o'clock, um, couldn't sleep, so cold. We got out. Uh, we... We made a little fire, but I just remember the moment when the sun began to rise and the rays of the sun began to hit my body and to feel the warmth of the sun. Brothers and sisters, this is what awaits us. We live in a dark world, don't we? So much suffering and sin, so much going on, so much struggle and strife, and yet the promise for those who believe and trust in the Lord Jesus is that there will be a resurrection, a new life, a new world. And one day it will be as if we're, we're just, 
We're moving out of the darkness of this world and the rays of the new world, the sun of righteousness, the rays of King Jesus will fall on our bodies. We will see him with our own eyes and we will be made alive with Christ. What a promise. Is that right, Doug? What a promise that soon we will be with the Lord and we will be in his presence. And it says, it goes on to say in verse 2, and you will go out, and this is your future, you will go out and you will be like well-fed cows. That's your future. That's who you are. You will frolic in the paddock. You will, you know, have you ever driven along and you've just seen the sheep cows out in a beautiful green paddock and you go, oh, I wish I was, you know, no stress, no, no problems in life, just, just eating and grazing. Well, that's our future. We will go out like well-fed calves and we will frolic. Then you will trample on the wicked and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Is it worth serving the Lord? Absolutely. Why? Because the Lord remembers and because the Lord rewards. I want to finish with a couple of verses in Mark chapter 10, verses that Jesus spoke to his disciples. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, let me just give you a moment to find the passage. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions, notice that, they will be there. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is our reward. This is for us. Why? Because we have a God who remembers and we have a God who rewards. May the Lord encourage us in those moments when we're beginning to doubt whether it really is worth serving the Lord. Just remember, Jesus is watching and he will reward and he will make a distinction. May the Lord encourage you.